Let me invite your attention now to uh, a portion of God's Word, the book of Revelation, chapter 21. I'd like for you to follow as I read a few verses out of Revelation 21. But before I do, um, I, I need to just explain if you're if you're new to Grace Evan. I haven't said this in a while, but uh, we observe the Lord's Supper once a month. It's usually the second. We try to make it the second Sunday of the month. It's um, so that's what we're doing today. But um, I try to shorten my comments because we feel like this <clears throat> this sacrament deserves our attention. It, it deserves um, not just to be an add-on, an attack to, attack to the end someplace. It deserves to be fo- the focus. And so my comments are briefer so that we can spend adequate time just in reflection and um, in worship through the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So, that said, you follow as I read from Revelation chapter 21 at verse 22. I'll read to the end of the chapter. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty And the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, or anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God It endures forever. Guys, um, of the 175 times or so that the word lamb appears in the Bible, the first time that the word appears is in Genesis chapter 22. It's in that that gut-wrenching story uh, where God tests Abraham and asks him to um, sacrifice his only son, Isaac, as a burnt offering. You remember that? And um, Abraham, the father, is walking with his about 10-year-old son. They're walking up the side of Mount Moriah, and, and, um, and Isaac looks at his dad, and he says, Father, I, I, see, um, I see the wood, and I, and I see the fire, but where... Where is the lamb? And Abraham, as you may recall, uh, replies, God will provide. And he did. And he's continued to provide. Across uh, all of redemptive history, he's, he's continued to provide a lamb. You, um, you may remember that in the book of Exodus, when um, when Israel was about to be wrenched out of the clutches of, of uh, Egypt's bondage, 
God instituted a, a sacrament then known as Passover, still is known as Passover, but uh, at the center of that sacrament was a lamb. In fact, the first item that God mentions and the first item that he de- in, uh, describes is the lamb, because that lamb will be the, the center of the whole evening. Uh, the blood from that lamb will will be taken. It'll be it'll be painted on the doorpost of the house, and and by their so doing, the the, the angel of death will pass over that home. Then later, uh, still in the same book in Exodus chapter twenty nine, when the whole sacrificial system is being instituted, all of that the, those sacrifices that that Israel observed. The, uh, the, the one that was the, was the first one discussed is the, is, is the lamb. Actually, there's two of them. Two lambs that are kind of the highlight and the, and the focus of the whole sacrificial system. And then you come to the book of Leviticus. And you remember Israel was, um, was required to observe three, three feasts, three festivals across the calendar year. And one of them was the Feast of First Fruits. And of course, what was sacrificed as the highlight of that feast? Yep, it was a lamb. And then 50 days later, right after the, the, the Feast of First Fruits, a festival that came to be known as Pentecost in the New Testament, uh, at Pentecost, seven lambs were, were sacrificed during that. Gang, there was lamb blood all over Israel's altars, always reminding Israel how how seriously God took their sin. And yet, those sacrifices were repeated over and over again, year after year, um, implying that they were inadequate, that they really could not produce anything permanent. The, 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 the forgiveness that they pointed to was never permanent because they had to keep repeating those same sacrifices, those same lambs, that same bloodshed year after year. So Israel longed, she awaited them, a better lamb, a different lamb, one which would finally bring an end to all of all of those sacrifices and and would ultimately deal with sin. And then we come to the New Testament. And the the first time that Jesus is noted in the the Gospel of John, it comes out of the mouth of John the Baptist. And he looks up and he sees Jesus approaching him from afar and he says Behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that will take away the sin of the world. We proceed in the New Testament and you come to the book of Acts and and there's Philip sharing the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch, you may recall, in Acts 8. And he's telling him about a Lamb. You go to the first letter of Paul to the Corinthian church, and in chapter 5, he's discussing with the church at Corinth about the paschal 
the, the Passover lamb. You go to the book of First Peter, and it was this lamb that Peter was extolling in his, in his first letter. But guys, um, it was the Apostle John in this book known as Revelation that shows us the glory of the Lamb the best. The Lamb is all over this book. It, it, it might be interesting for you, as I did at least briefly, is just to trace down the number of times that Lamb is mentioned in the book of Revelation. You know... um, one of my heroes wrote a commentary on every book in the Bible. But the one book in the Bible that he didn't write a commentary on was the book of Revelation. Because he said he didn't understand it. And what he didn't understand was all of the futuristic um, uh, discussion that is included. But he went on to say that there is no book, there is no book in the Bible more Christological than the book of Revelation. That lamb is all over this book, ladies and gentlemen. It starts in chapter 5. Remember that story? It's one of my favorites. John the Apostle is crying. He's crying because there's no one found worthy to break the seals. One of the angels comes alongside him and says, Don't, 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 don't cry. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's worthy. And in the very next verse, all of a sudden, that lion has become a lamb. He is the lion-lamb, or the lamb-lion. He is the, the lamb. And he's portrayed in verse 6 of chapter 5 as the, as the lamb that's standing in their midst as if he had been slain. And then six verses later, all of heaven breaks out into this, this chorus of praise. And what they're singing is... Worthy is not the lion, but worthy is is the lamb. And then you go to chapter 6, and in, in the very first verse, it's the lamb that is breaking the seals that, um, that so concerned John. And then 15 verses later in chapter 6, it is the same lamb who is pouring out his wrath on an unbelieving world. And then you go to chapter 7, and it is to this lamb that the redeemed are gathered. And then you come to chapter 12, and in chapter 12, this lamb is the one who enables his people to conquer. And then, then you come to chapter 17, and it's, it's in chapter 17 of the, of the book of Revelation where Jesus is called, or this lamb is called, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then, as, as the book is about to close, at the end of the eschaton, it's the same lamb in chapter 19 that, um, he's the one who is the, who is the central figure in this marriage feast that is discussed in one of the gospels, in, in several, in two of the gospels. This marriage feast, and it, but it's a particular kind of marriage feast. It's called the marriage feast of the Lamb. And then in our text, in chapter 21, we're told there that, that the Lamb is heaven's temple and heaven's lamp. 
And then you come to the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And as, as a climax, we're told in verse 3 of chapter 22 that this lamb is worshipped forevermore by his people. Gang, at the center of redemptive history is a lamb. A, a lamb who dies in the place of his people. He's a lamb that bears the sins of his people and, and removes their sins from them as far as the east is from the west. You know, one of the statements that the prophet Isaiah makes, he this is Old Testament, of course, but Isaiah makes the statement, all we like sheep have gone astray. But there was one lamb. There was one lamb who did not go astray. And because this lamb did not go astray, he has now become the perfect sacrifice for us who have a habit of going astray. Gang, it's God's lamb who is made accountable for the sin of the rebellious and defiant sinner like me. It's this lamb that dies as a substitute and reconciles his people to God. This sacrament that we're about to enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, it celebrates... The Lamb. It celebrates the provision that God ultimately made once and for all for sin. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as a result of what this Lamb has accomplished, Isaac's question is answered. Isaac, who asked his daddy, Father, I see the wood, I see, I see the fire, but where is the lamb? Here he is. Here's the lamb. Here's the one who stands among us as one who has been slain. Here's the one who shed blood means forgiveness in life for us. Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to a table that has a couple of symbols on it that remind us of the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. And he's taken away mine. Has he taken yours? Our Father, I, I thank you for the, the rich uh, stories that are included in your word concerning the salvation that you have wrought in Christ. And while we as your people are gathered around this table, I pray that you would remind us of how much, just how much we need, not just a Savior, but your Savior, this one, 
this one whose body was broken and blood was shed so that we might we might not have to um, bear your wrath. And so, Father, for, for this brief time together, would you meet your people around this table? Would you instruct them all over again of the beauty of the Lamb of God? And would you, would you remind us of just how desperately our need is for a Savior? as we participate in this sacrifice, in this sacrament. We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen.